Hello, 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 everyone. It's Dr. Tamar Beckford with Your Caring Dogs. That's right. And we have our Dogs Who Care podcast where we are highlighting all our dogs from all over the world who are stopping by dropping gems on health and wellness for our busy professional women. Why? Because you need to at least put yourself first for at least two hours a month. Why? There are 730 hours in the month. You can dedicate at least two to yourself. So today's wonderful podcast is dedicated to all our people who are trying to lose weight. I have this wonderful doc, and she's going to tell you all about her beautiful program that she has and how she's been able to help all of our helpers. Yes, we're going to talk about all of you, all who helping everyone, but putting yourself last. No more, no more, no more. Alrighty, let me bring our doc in in our wonderful York Karen Docs fashion, right? So this lovely doctor is a graduate from Rush Medical College in Chicago. All my Chicago people, hey, hey, Chi-Town. She also <laughs> did her training there. And like most of my docs, they don't stop with just training in one spot, right? She did internal medicine and then she proceeded to get training in obesity medicine. So she is obesity medicine certified. She is the physician CEO and owner of Olson Medical <laughs> Limited. That's right. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Lisa Olson. Thank you. <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks. Wow. The only one that enthusiastic about me is my mom. <laughs> I love it. Well, hello, mom. We're on the same page. <laughs> so thank you so much. You are doing so much out there within the weight loss community. You're helping the helpers, which I love. But before we dig into how you're doing that. I want to bring it back to the beginning, right? So tell me, what made you go into medicine in the first place? Well, like so many of the people that you bring on your show, I, you know, it was since I was a little one that I always wanted to be a doctor. So I can't remember a time when I didn't want to be a doctor, except, you know, maybe when I was in preschool or something, <laughs> but it was always on the radar. I love but it. When I when I got interested in helping people with their weight, that like came at me from so many different directions. Mm -hmm. So one is the fact that I struggled with my weight mm. as a younger person, as a teenager and young adult and through various times, my weight is at a healthy spot um, these days and has been for a long time, but I have been 40 pounds heavier. Mm. And also like so many women, even when I look back at times when my weight was perfectly fine, I was shaming myself, judging myself, thinking I wasn't good enough. So I know how that feels. Mm -hmm. And then I've also seen firsthand the impact of excess weight on people that I love. Yes. Yes. So, you know, it's it, so important as you're mentioning, like, you know, you're seeing the progress. And I love the fact that you're saying I even when I was at a phase where my weight was within a healthy range, I was still shaming myself. Isn't that interesting that we still go around with this excess burden, the shame, yes. irrespective of where you are, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're not, you're underweight, there's a shame. You're within range, shame. You're overweight, shame. Yes, it's so true. And it's, you know, it's this constant state of, you know, I'm not quite good enough. I'm not quite worthy, not loving ourselves for who we are. And I don't believe personally mm -hmm. that it's these two things are incompatible to work on loving yourself for where you are today, mm -hmm. for who you are, whatever size you're at, while simultaneously working to get healthier. So I think you can do both. I think you can be trying to lose weight mm -hmm. for health reasons, mm -hmm. to feel good, to improve your energy, live longer, all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but you can still find the love for yourself. So I really love to help people with the way they talk to themselves mm -hmm. about their weight and their weight loss efforts. Mm -hmm. But also I really care about like trying to change society mm -hmm. because... 
We are such a shaming society when it comes to excess weight. Oh, yes. It is It is allowed in polite company. Mm-hmm. Well, polite. polite. <laughs> it's not polite, but <laughs> right, totally. But people think, oh, thank you for calling out my air quotes because some people are listening, not seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but some, you know, if I bet all of us have been in some social setting mm-hmm. where we've heard someone crack a joke or make a comment intended to provoke laughter at someone's weight. And sometimes people make these comments and make fun of themselves before Uh someone else has a chance to do it, which is really heartbreaking to me. Absolutely. And like, I'll do, I grew up with that. It make me feel bad. I'll just let it out there and break the ice. It's, you know, and, but it's at your expense. You know what I mean? Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. My dad, who's mm-hmm. worked really hard and gotten so healthy in his older years, mm. my whole life, he made jokes about getting his clothes at a store where they sell camping tents oh. Be- because, like he said, his clothes were the size of a tent. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very heartbreaking to grow up hearing him say that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he would say it and people would laugh. And so was a conflicting, confusing message. And I, you know, I am attuned to that. I hear it mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And my sister, so it was really my sister's experience mm. in adulthood that made me super interested in helping people lose weight. So she had um, a, a fairly serious chronic health condition that for a year or two in her 20s required her to take high dose steroids. Uh, So she was on very high doses of prednisone mm -hmm. and she gained, I really couldn't tell you how much she gained, but I'm going to guess a hundred pounds. And it was shocking the way people spoke to her and treated her. Shocking. And so I was, and then, you know, fortunately her, health condition improved enough that she could get off steroids Mm -hmm. and she became a cute skinny 20 something year old again. Mm -hmm. And so we watched as a family, the way everyone was so kind to cute, skinny Christine Mm -hmm. and then so judgmental and harsh toward Christine, who was the same person with the the same person, heart of gold. Yes. Mm -hmm. Terrible to her. Anyone from, you know, a retail person who wouldn't be helpful to her or wouldn't greet her would be rude or people who would bump into her and say, get out of my way to the parents of children she was teaching who would say, what happened to you? You look terrible. And then we saw (laughs) Right. Like, why are we not lifting each other up? Terrible. It's shocking. Absolutely. It's shocking. And then when she lost the 100 pounds or whatever the exact number was, and she looked cute and skinny again, suddenly the world was very nice. And that was an aha moment for me. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not okay. So first of all, let's understand the science behind this chronic progressive disease of excess weight. Mm -hmm. And let's destigmatize it because it's not different from having diabetes or high cholesterol or cancer or asthma. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we and look at it as um, different and we look at it as this is something that you should be able to control. You have lost mm. control. You are a person that has no discipline. You know, those are the yes. stigma that's used towards someone who's overweight. You're indisciplined. Look at you. You can't that's stop right. putting the food to your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and it's like really <laughs> mm-hmm. people who are overweight are not overweight because they're overeating. There's so many other contributing factors that happen. That's right. But, you know, but when you add that now to even what you can now contribute to their depression, your thyroid mm-hmm. issues, like there are a mm-hmm. plethora of things that can occur. Absolutely. 
genetics, environmental Mental toxins, ultra-processed yes. food, stress, right. so many things. Lack of trust. You know, yes. there's just, a, the list All goes on and on. And hand food to mouth is one of the lower aspects on mm-hmm. the scale of what can, you know, cause excess weight. But I am still flabbergasted at the fact that someone could talk to your sister that way. And from from what I hear from my clients, mm-hmm. she is not unique. Oh. Everybody has a story. And unfortunately, I'm really sorry to say this mm-hmm. as a physician, but so many people have experienced shaming and blaming in healthcare settings. That is true to the point that you're even seeing um, out there on social media. There's some people who have said this is why they won't go to get their primary um, annual exam because they feel shamed. That's right. It's that's heartbreaking, right? Because there is a place for everyone where, you know, people should feel welcome. They should feel comfortable. We should have office furniture in our waiting rooms that accommodates people of every size. And we should have exam situations set up, tables and chairs that are comfortable for every size of person. And, you know, I realize that there's a range of excess weight. I mean, some people come to me who want to lose 30 pounds or 50 pounds. And some people come to me who need to lose 200 pounds. So, you know, it's a different experience if you're 30 pounds overweight versus 100 pounds overweight. Maybe you're not worried that you're going to like, can this chair support me? Or do I have to ask for a seatbelt extender? It might not be to that degree. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, on some level, anyone who's struggled with their weight has had a moment where, you know, a parent has said, or a a significant other has said, are you sure you want to eat that? Or, you know, oh, you have such a pretty face. If you just lost, you know, a little weight. You just, you looked so cute when you were, but now, I mean, these, you know, it's so interesting too. Um, This is a great, great episode because I'm pretty sure so many people can relate. Um, When you're in a relationship and you're in that, you know, the honeymoon phase or you just get Mm -hmm. married, you know, Mm -hmm. during some part of the honeymoon phase, they're like, wow, I guess marriage fits you. Right. It's it's so true. Yes. These are, you know, the, oh, well, I guess everything's going great with you because you have gained weight. And it's like, you don't know what's going on on the inside of that person, you know? And it's really to acknowledge the person as a person and not as blank who weighs this amount. Mm-hmm. You know, so now with the, this wonderful, because you, your your Olson um, medical group or medical, I should say, mm-hmm. you, you're, yeah. almost, you're almost ten years old. Like you know, you're yeah, almost ten years. Uh, old. Babies in the double digits. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, through that time, I'm pretty sure there are just so many aspects of weight loss that you're able to handle and to, to deal with. What are some of the traits that you've noticed with those who are able to keep the weight off? Because you have some people who, this is their goal. I'm trying to get to blank. You've reached mm-hmm. there and then it's this fear, like it's going to come back because it always does. It always right. does. What am I going to do now? Like, you know, how do we handle that? Right. So the good news is we have um, we have some research now that really looks at what are the key components that we see in people who successfully maintain a significant weight loss. Mm -hmm. So there's this really interesting database called the National Weight Control Registry. And it's not a it's not a research study. We're not put, you know, randomizing people and putting them in some double blind placebo controlled trial. But people can register to be on this National Weight Control Registry when they've lost a significant amount of weight and kept it off for a while. So on 
average, the people on the registry have la lost 50 to 60 pounds and kept it off for five to six years. So that's pretty fantastic. Okay. And so by giving these people questionnaires mm -hmm. and asking them, like we just get curious, like, all right, what are you doing? And let's see what's different about these people who do keep their weight off mm -hmm. compared to the rest of us who, you know, it's hard enough to lose weight, but then keeping it off mm. is like, that is that's the, the magic, thing. right? Yeah, that's, that's what we all want to know. That's where the magic happens. Absolutely. The holy grail of weight loss is how do you keep it off? Mm -hmm. So here are some of the things we know. First of all, those people don't watch much TV. They're not on their screens nearly as much as the rest of us. Oh. which I think is interesting. Yeah. So I'm not saying if you start making an effort to stop watching Netflix every night that, mm -hmm. you know, instantly you drop 50 pounds. I'm just saying people yeah. who are not on their screens mm -hmm. are moving a little bit more than people who are on their screens. So right. that's one interesting observation. Mm -hmm. And um, most of those people eat breakfast which is also interesting because the research on breakfast mm -hmm. for weight loss or weight management is pretty conflicting. Mm -hmm. You know, some studies say eh, yes. it looks like it's better to eat breakfast. Some say, no, you don't have to. I mean, what's intermittent fasting? For most people, that's skipping breakfast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you eat from noon until eight or, you know, noon until six, seven, eight, and then that's it. Mm -hmm. So that's basically just saying I skip breakfast. And some people consider that to be helpful for weight loss. So we have data that says breakfast can be helpful. Breakfast is not necessarily helpful for weight loss. Mm -hmm. But when we look at these people on the National Weight Control Registry, almost always they're eating breakfast. They're, yes. So I have a few more nuggets from that registry that I think are great. Here is the biggest, like the most important thing for weight maintenance is exercise. Now I find that is really bordering on irrelevant for weight loss. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's incredibly important for health. Right. But if, if you think you're gonna exercise as a major weight loss tool, you're probably incorrect in thinking it's gonna make a big difference. And that's why so many people burn out. They're like, I worked out every single yes. day in I January. Mean, I ran I that marathon and I, I've ran five marathons and 10 marathons yeah. and still, Yes, <laughs> that is really true. I cannot tell you how many people I know, and obviously you do too. And yes. you know, we've all experienced it too. Dial up your exercise, and the biggest example is running in a race. Like, okay, I'm going to become a jogger or a runner. Sign up for a five k. Tried to attempt to become a runner. Raise oh, your hand. Yeah. Okay. Oh, look at a run. <laughs> for sure. Every spring. Yes. So I'm in Chicago. I quit every. November and I try again every April. I, I've stopped doing that last year. I was like, you know what? I hate running and I hate kale. So I'm a weight loss doctor, but I'm just going to own that and I'll exercise in other ways yes. <laughs> and find other greens. But anyway, so exercise is not, is not really a weight loss tool. Mm -hmm. That's because this old idea that weight loss is simply a basic math equation of how many calories you take in versus how many <laughs> calories you burn up, that is nonsense. There is a lot more to it than that. I know you know, Tamara, mm -hmm. but I think that is, that's where people get into self-blame. They're like, I must not be exercising enough. I not, must not be cutting my calories enough. And that's just silly. What matters is what your calories are. Mm -hmm. And then with weight loss, the calorie burn is not really that important, but mm -hmm. for maintenance, it's everything, ah. everything. And so let's say like you just need to sort of continue eating the healthy way that you did when you lost weight. Mm -hmm. But when you're in maintenance, people are surprised to know that you probably have to exercise moderate intensity exercise, like brisk walking, mm -hmm. maybe some light resistance training with weights too, 60 to 85 minutes a day. So an hour to an hour and a half a day, a day for maintenance, for maintenance. Now, if you're really motivated and you do want to be a jogger or, you know, 
go on your Peloton and crush it in a spin class of some sort, that's fine. You can, you can do high intensity mm-hmm. for half the time. Mm. But I'm a big fan of brisk walking. I love that. I do that every day, even when it's two degrees in Chicago or when it's 100 in July. So um, I just think it's achievable for most people. And for people who are struggling under a lot of weight that's putting pressure on their knees, their back, their feet, their hips, I just say, you know what, don't, if you don't feel like exercising, if you hate it, if it's hard for you today, we will circle back to that in 50 pounds. Like let's work on nutrition Mm -hmm. and we'll come back to it when we get closer to maintenance, because that's where it's critical. An hour to an hour and a half a day of brisk walking or some other moderate intensity exercise. So the other things that we see from people in the National Weight Control Registry, are one is these people are creatures of habit. Mm. So they don't have like an Instagram feed with a hundred different dinner recipes. <laughs> no, they have like, they have like three. Three I eat salmon like with two. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> right, that's right. Every morning I eat a piece of whole grain toast with half an avocado and two eggs. Every day for lunch I have, you know, whatever, a bowl of lentil Mm-hmm. chickpea soup I don't know what, right. you know or a salad with half a chicken breast on it right. and for dinner these are my three things I rotate between so people are you know like you could say a little boring but the way I think about it is they figured out what works for them yeah. and they don't get distracted by all the shiny new ideas and diets they're just like I'm eating a lot of fruits and vegetables I'm eating beans lentils whole grains Nothing is forbidden. I'm minimizing sweets and ultra processed foods, Mm -hmm. just eating real food in reasonable portions, having an occasional treat because those have to be allowed or you're going to burn out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just being patient and showing up and eating the same kind of thing tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah, by eating. And and they're they're also able to give themselves treats because they don't want to for themselves mm-hmm. and they have things mm-hmm. to look forward to and they're still excited and they're in maintenance phase and they're able to maintain now this yes. resource this website i think is fascinating as i keep listening because of course so you know i interview a lot of people who talk about weight loss this is the first time i'm finding about this so i'm, I'm gonna have to get it from you and i'll definitely have yes well i'm gonna warn you right now yeah, it has. It is clearly made by academic physicians with no budget. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, bless those people who put this out there on the internet for mm-hmm. people to learn from, because it is a treasure to have this data. But I don't know. Like I hear, uh, I hear updated information from it at medical conferences mm-hmm. when they talk about it. But that website might have not changed from when it was first uh, created many years ago. But still, it is a treasure trove, the National mm-hmm. Weight Control Registry. But there are others. There are so many great websites out there. There is a, um, this isn't really so much giving stats on here's what you need to maintain weight. But there's this wonderful resource called the Gaples Institute. I love to send people there, physicians and healthcare providers as well as people mm-hmm. in the community because they have kind of two sides to the Gaples Institute website. It's a nonprofit mm-hmm. purely focused on improving public health. Right. And one part of their focus is educating healthcare providers mm-hmm. on nutrition so we can better help people. Okay, so this is going to be one of the love of my life. Now, this is probably for those who are listening to this. You will be astounded, um, or astonished, I should say, to find out that in med school, our nutrition class is minimal, mm-hmm. almost non-existent. Yeah. And to really step out there and to to be able to handle the amount of information that's going on, the changes that's um, happening with weight loss, nutrition, which is so important. You would think that we would have gotten so much more of that. Right. You know, a lot of this we yes. have to do on our own. 
So I love that you have this resource there. It's great. It is so great because we know that nutrition is not just important for weight, but it matters for everything. I recently came across this field I didn't even know existed, nutritional psychiatry, because nutrition has been shown increasingly to be critical for mood. I mean, I'm not an expert on that. I just learned that this is a field, but I mean, we all sort of intuitively know that when you put garbage into your body, like all of those ultra processed convenience foods that we have access to these days, Mm -hmm. that's not good for our body and probably not good for our brain. But now there is scientific data that tells us ultra processed foods are associated, they're correlated with a higher risk of dementia. Wow. Dementia. So not just diabetes and excess weight, things that seem sort of obvious, but these ultra processed foods are killing us and they are harming us and impacting our function. So now new research is saying the people in the highest quartile eating the most ultra processed foods, those people are also in the highest quartile for having dementia, Mm -hmm. diabetes, other things like that. And certainly I see that with excess weight and it's hidden, it's insidious, these ultra processed ingredients. Yes. Oh my gosh, just any of you listening, Mm-hmm. If you have French vanilla coffee mate creamer in your refrigerator, I'm telling you right now, get that chemical bomb out of there. Wow, go ahead. What is <laughs> wait a minute? I mean, I'm not a I'm not a coffee creamer person, but if I were, I would probably be trying to hit up the French vanilla coffee. Because I mean French right? vanilla, I would why not? But like what's going on in there? Tell us about it. Okay. So what I really encourage people to do Mm -hmm. is to look at the ingredient list as the most useful nugget of information on that nutrition label. Absolutely. We can be manipulated by the food industry into thinking something's healthy. How do they do that? They stir up a little extra protein in the food lab. They dump it in. Oh, it has a lot of protein. It's like high in protein. That's right. Yes, exactly. So people think that that is a useful thing, that that's somehow helping them to be healthier or lose weight. Mm -hmm. And that's just silly. It's not. I mean, people aren't silly for thinking that. But the marketing world is, you know, manipulating us. And the big food industry is manipulating us into thinking like, Oh, we put extra protein in your ice cream. Now it's a health food. Yes. Right? (laughs) Yes. yes. High protein ice cream is not a health food. They're tricking us. So true. That is so true. I always say that this is always my go-to analogy is if the industry is there spending money to determine how much pressure it takes for you to crunch a chip for you to hear it and for you to become addicted to hearing that sound and wanting more then you know something's not right they're spending we're not kidding the crunch the you know wanting that the pressure or pounds per pressure i mean you and i are just eating peanuts just to eat it but a chip They're spending money to figure out the amount of pressure it takes for you to crunch that chip, to listen to it, to hear it, and want more. And then to feel it melt and have a big finish that leaves you wanting more. Do you know what that's called? You can't have just one. Maybe there's a reason why. Do you know what that's called? That perfect pressure crunch. It's called the bliss point. The bliss point. Mm. And you are spot on. You are on to them. Yes. (laughs) This is is exactly what's happening. Mm -hmm. Different chemicals are being used. And these things are tested to find what is that perfect amount of crunch and then amount of melt and then flavor. Like you can't have it fizzle out in a way that makes you say, all right, enough of that. I'm done. No, the flavor, the finish of it is leaving you like, where's my next one? I can't have just one. Exactly. It's 
designed that way. It is not different. In my opinion, the food and beverage industry is behaving very similar to the tobacco industry back in the day. Yep. They just borrowed a page the from their playbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the industry. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then it's not called innovative, right? You use right. one industry, you brought it to the other. And because if you know that uh, within every, you know, we're talking about especially um, food and the excess and wanton excess food, there is a play on that same portion of our brain that wants more, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. the studies are showing it's the same portion, the addiction portion of our brain that, yes. is, you know, so I mean, there is a reason <laughs> why mm-hmm. studies are out and why, so The whole point is that's why we cannot sit and blame the individuals and saying, well, this is your fault. No, there's so many factors that play within the Mm -hmm. cause of weight, overgain, stress, hormonal changes, depression. That's right. So many things like that. I want to read to you mm-hmm. while we were talking. I don't know why French vanilla uh, coffee make creamer popped in my head, but I want to read you the ingredient list. So okay. you might think mm-hmm. it's creamer that you put in your coffee, so there must be cream in it, right? Absolutely. Okay. The, the cow made the milk. The milk, we turned it into cream. Right. So vanilla maybe there's milk, maybe is, there's cream, little yeah, of both. Vanilla okay. is, an, is a plant, and we just added it right. to it. Right. It should be two ingredients, but go ahead. Okay, you're gonna love this. That's right, there should be two. Maybe there's three, maybe it's cream, milk, and a little vanilla. Okay, starts with sugar as the number one ingredient. That's not a surprise. By the way, there's also sucralose, an artificial sweetener, and the artificial sweeteners are 150 to 200 times more sweet than plain old table sugar. And I demonstrate this for my clients who use artificial sweeteners or coffee made or something like that. And I say, just try, put some sugar in, just plain old table sugar, mm-hmm. however much you need to make it sweet. And they're putting in one, two, three, four, five, six. They're putting in so much sugar and they're like, it's still not as sweet. That's right. Because sucralose and all the artificial sweeteners and even the ones that I'm using my air quotes again are natural oh, sweeteners. They're still hyper. <laughs> Hyper sweet, hyper sweet, so much more sweet than plain old table sugar. But in this case, sugar is the number one ingredient and then water. Coconut oil, which, you know, is very high in saturated fat and not good for us. It is a total marketing thing that that became trendy a few years ago. Mm -hmm. It's not a health food. So, Mm -hmm. all right, so that's in there. Um, Sodium caseinate, propylene glycol, I think that's what's in antifreeze, right? Propylene <laughs> glycol. I just looked it up because I was like, I know that's a chemical used in other things. It's, oh my gosh. It's, it's a solvent for food colors and flavors. It's also used in the paint and plastic industry. It's used to create artificial smoke or fog for firefighting training exercises or um, in theater productions when you have that artificial fog. The fans of the opera. (laughs) Yes, that's propylene glycol. That's in your coffee made creamer. It's bananas. And then what else is in it? Polysorbate 60, lactylate, added color, and uh, artificial and natural, air quotes again, natural flavors. So this is, there's no cream, Flavors. there's no milk, there's no actual vanilla bean involved in this. The cream so, was made from the properly propylene guy call to give mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And maybe the coconut oil and sugar and yeah, it's so it's creamer bomb. without milk. Well, like they said, it's a lactulose. <laughs> it's a lactulose. It's, it's, it's a lactylate. So that's just like a chemical related to it. So yeah. the way I think about it, not to pick on this one item, but, but what I really like people to do milk. is read those ingredients. Yeah, just have a little milk. Um, and by the way, your almond milk in a box sitting on the store for six, store shelf for six months, that is also a chemical bomb. And that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Can you have something just sitting unrefrigerated in a box for months that's not going to go bad? That's a chemical bomb. 
And almond milk. Even when it's unsweetened. Almonds and water, blended, strained. Yes. That's it. (laughs) A little tiny bit of salt. Sometimes, you know, the more natural ones will have a little salt. That's okay. Mm -hmm. The same with oat milk. When you look on the refrigerator Mm -hmm. shelf at the grocery store or the dry goods shelf on the grocery store Mm -hmm. and you find almond milk or oat milk or any of these, you know, like fake health milks, Mm -hmm. um, read those ingredient labels. Shocking. I've yet to find an oat milk that is Oh, not ultra processed. You could make it at home, like you mm-hmm. said, just like you can make almond milk at home. But there are a couple of brands of almond milk that truly are just filtered water, almonds, and a little pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They don't taste that good to me. <laughs> just tasting water. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. So reading ingredients is okay. so critical. Just finding like, oh, I'm just going to swap out this ultra processed ingredient for something that's less processed. Instead of having almond milk in my coffee, I'm just gonna, like for right now, let me just do a splash of cream. If I need it that can creamy, just read that ingredient label. Yeah, a lot of cream has cream. stuff in cream. it now. Mm-hmm. No joke. <laughs> just a splash of milk even, and put in a spoonful of sugar if you have to sweeten it. And then eventually over time, maybe you wean off of those things and just have black coffee, um, which is delicious. But, you know, that's an acquired taste. So, okay, (laughs) we could practice that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it really has highlighted, you know, what we're saying that there are just so many factors out there. So for those of us who are there who are looking to lose weight, maintain that weight, you can see why it is okay for you to take your time and not be obsessed that it's taken a while because you have to unlearn so many of the processes that you have been doing automatically, right? The, okay, I'm going to go and purchase healthy items. It says so on the front, Yes, yeah. You have to turn around to the back to really to highlight, yeah, how healthy are these items, right? And then even if you want to be able to maintain the weight to, to get, I love the registry and we'll put that information up there. You know, see what are some things that some others, others who've been able to do this or maintain it, and which one of these processes can you incorporate in your life? Because the whole point. It's for you to incorporate it so it's part of your natural tendency. You're not following yes. so that after two months, right. you're like, I'm so sick and tired of this person's way. I'm just going to ditch it. See, I knew it wasn't for me. I knew I couldn't do this. Yeah. I knew that's how it is. It's not for me. And then you give up. That's not the whole point, right? A hundred percent. Tomorrow, that is spot on. And I always like to remind people that... Anytime you take someone's diet book or diet, you know, eat this on Tuesday, eat that on Wednesday, that's fine for a little while, but like, that's not your sustainable weight loss plan. You have to make your own, but someone can help you. Someone like you, someone like me, maybe a physician, maybe a health coach, maybe a weight loss coach, maybe a registered dietitian, you know, find someone who understands the science and isn't telling you to just eat less and move more. And Mm -hmm. then expect for this to be a lifelong journey where you're not three months on a diet and then you should be done. Yes. (laughs) Take it slow and easy. Yes. Chill chill a little, nothing's wrong with you. If it's it's moving slowly, that's fine. You're practicing new ways of thinking, new ways of managing your mind when you have a desire for ice cream on Friday night mm-hmm. and you're trying to lose weight. Like, okay, we don't want you to tap into willpower and just restrict, restrict. No, I can't have it. I shouldn't. And like, the mind is just like, yeah, you know, thank you for restricting, but um, we still want this. We still want this. Uh, right, <laughs> right. So it takes a lot of practice to just sort of live, practice sitting with an urge without answering it. Like, yeah. That is true. I want ice cream right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I also, by the way, want to live healthy to 100. Because mm-hmm. I want to be around for my kids and my grandkids. I had my kids when I was 40. 
mm-hmm. at 39 and 41. And um, so I want to live healthy to 100 more than I want this ice cream. But in the moment, I actually still want this ice cream. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's human. It does taste good. I'm just going to sit here because I can do hard things. Yes. And I'm just going to sit with the urge. It is not hurting me. All you were were just thirsty. <laughs> right. The whole right. day you've been running ragged. Thank and you. It was just a cup of water. Absolutely. All righty. So, you know, we really delved into so much on how <laughs> you in this wonderful um, class that you have, your wonderful program, your your Olsen um group medical i keep saying group uh-huh. i keep Olson saying group medical. guys no, no, there's a group you know what you're right because i work with people one-on-one but in 2022 i'm launching this yes. like super robust new group program through so my smart weight loss coaching about program it. yes so this like you said super robust program all right let's talk about <laughs> this coaching smart weight loss coaching all right mm-hmm. so when are we launching who is Thank on you. the list, where can they find this? You know, we're going to talk about it again at the end as we pull more because, you know, we still need to know what you're doing for self-care. But let's talk about the Ooh. group coaching. Yes. So the okay. We're going to have it available. Well, so here's what we know from the research on long-term management of weight. And that is you have to keep checking in to be successful. So people who think they're on something for 12 weeks or they're on something for six months or whatever, like that's a little bit misleading. You just like, this is the process. It's lifelong. You have to find your way of eating and existing in this world that is sustainable the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. If you want to lose weight and keep it off, it cannot be overly restrictive and you have to find your people. And who your people are over time can change, but you need to know who your people are that you check in with this year and next year and in 10 years. And when you're 80, (laughs) maybe when you're 80, you just like, go ahead and have the ice cream. um, (laughs) I think when you're 90, for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. My my grandma, Dot, who lived to be 99, Mm -hmm. she... um, I'll just never forget. She was in her mid nineties and someone asked her, we were at our family reunion. Someone's like, grandma, do you want some, I don't know what it was, cake. Do you want some cake? And she was like, oh, I shouldn't, my blood sugar. And I was like, really? You don't get to let up in your mid nineties? Forget it. But I think you have to have a balance that that you can stick with forever. And so part of that is also having your people that you check in with. So it's fun. People who like you and you like them, not someone who's nagging you and not feeling like you're restricting all on your own and it sucks. So I think that is a big piece of what I'm trying to create Mm -hmm. with my smart weight loss coaching community and when is it going to launch like in 15 minutes Ooh, <laughs> seriously my web designer is like i'll be ready to post it probably yes. later today or tomorrow <laughs> so by the time anyone listens i think it will be live on smart weight loss coaching but oldson medical which is o-l-d-s-o-n old son um oldson medical is also going to have a little like arrow pointing this way. If you want to join our group program, go over there. And it's it's like a 12-week intensive group program with tons of teaching and live coaching. You can raise your hand, ask questions. And then um, you get to stay in for a year because once you're in our Smart Weight Loss Coaching Program, you're one of our smarties. You're one of our people. You're in the family. So you just stay. So that's the plan. Love it. Love it. All right. So now you're doing all of these things. How and what are you doing for self-care? It's so nice that you asked. Thank you. I will say Mm -hmm. I exercise every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, I I told you earlier, I don't like jogging. I've tried to be a jogger my whole life. So I'm just loving myself for where I'm at, which is I get up most mornings really early and I walk briskly mm-hmm. for an hour. Um, and if I don't, I get it done before the sun sets. And if I can't do it outside because it's so late by the time I'm available, then I do it on the treadmill. But I you know, really commit to doing it every day. Rarely I miss, sometimes I do. 
and I love myself anyway. Yes. And I nourish myself with healthy food and I nourish myself with planned treats. Mm -hmm. I just had two delicious cupcakes this month, one on my birthday and then one a week later when my friend dropped off a cupcake for my belated birthday. Yes. And I was like, you know what? I choose to have this. Absolutely. My birthday, and this is okay. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what everyone should do. Like love yourself, mm -hmm. allow a little flexibility, choose to nourish yourself lovingly with healthy foods, healthy fruits and vegetables and beans and lentils and all of that good stuff and nuts and seeds. But then um, treats for sure every once in a while in moderation, those are important. And then I think people, right? Being around people that we love and filling our bucket with new friends who add something. Yeah. You know, at a certain age, we are too busy to spend our time with people who are what well, the, the preschool teacher here calls bucket dippers. I don't need any bucket dippers. I want all the bucket yes. fillers. Tamara, you are a total bucket filler. We don't need the fire extinguisher. We're going to extinguish all of your joy. We need those who are going to build it. Absolutely. All right. So now I have my fun question of the day. Oh, good. Bring it. Yes. If you weren't a doctor, what would you be? All right. So I heard one of your other guests say when I love your podcast, it's so fun to listen to someone else said she was gonna be a dancer. I love to dance, but uh, I would not inflict watching my dancing on anybody else. So that's not what I would choose. For sure, I would be a teacher. And so in my job, you know, my third teacher. Oh, really? That's so interesting. You know, as healthcare providers, we if we're doing our job right, we are teaching every day. That's the that's the that's the Latin word for teaching, right? Doctor. Oh, that I so do. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Yes. So I just feel like it's such an honor and a pleasure to teach people some of the science that I've been lucky enough to learn mm -hmm. and make it you know, put it in terms that make sense Absolutely. and teach it to people and then hopefully have them share it with their families and teach people that they know. And that's what I see, this wonderful ripple effect mm -hmm. that people get healthy and then their mom loses 40 pounds and oh. their spouse gets healthy and everyone's exercising, everyone's eating fruit. And so um, and I think I would be a teacher and enjoying themselves. And yes. Enjoying themselves. Absolutely. Wow. This is you know, you asked me um, when right before we got on live about who I work with. And I told you, I love to help the helpers. And yes. I, I thought about that. Like I sort of came to define that for myself after working with so many teachers. Mm -hmm. But it's also the social workers, the nurses, the physicians, the mm -hmm. moms of special needs kids, the volunteers at school. Like women who are busy helping others mm -hmm. what an honor to help those women for once who's helping them like i love to help those women and the teachers especially so oh, yes. absolutely yeah. and, you know i love the fact that we were talking as we mentioned before we came on we're like we both are doing the thing. We love helping the helpers. We love being able to tell yes. our women, like, yes, it's okay to put yourself first. We love you. You love you too. And I, we yes. understand why you, you feel the need to put yourself last. But we want you to understand how important it is for you to put yourself first so that you can handle everything else that you have in your life because you will be healthy and therefore you're able to help all those the parents the moms the cousins yes. the you know the kids you're able to take them on their doctor's appointment why because you yourself are healthy and you can do yes. it absolutely it's such a cliche but that putting on your own oxygen yes. mask first we all yes. hear that it's so true it is true, true. absolutely Alrighty, well, I know people are listening to this and they're like, okay, I need to find her. I want her <laughs> to take care of me. I'm going to be part of her program. So let them know where they can find you. Uh, thanks for asking. Mm -hmm. So my website for my medical practice is oldsonmedical.com. So it's O-L-D-S-O-N, oldsonmedical.com. And then, <laughs> as we joked about, yeah. it's like, 
a minute, <laughs> my <laughs> coaching website will be launched and this Bye. really robust year long group program will be available. And that's what? smart. Wait <laughs> it's smartweightlosscoaching.com. And if you go there in 30 seconds and it's not back, just come back tomorrow. It'll be ready like any second. So I'm really excited about it. Um, but you'll be, you can just probably look for me online, Lisa Olson. So thank you. Yeah. So as we said, you can find this wonderful, wonderful group coaching program at smartweightlosscoaching.com in five for <laughs> it is available for all of you, all the helpers. So helping the helpers, and that's what Dr. Olson, she is dedicating her life to doing, to helping those who help others, helping those who find a hard time taking care of themselves, but want to. So she's there mm -hmm. to help you through her program, the smartweightlosscoaching.com. You can find it on her website, right? And for those of you who are also out there, like you said, Dr. Olson and I have the same philosophy. So mine is our Your Caring Society, where we are helping our busy professional women put their health and wellness first. So you can find mine at the yourcaringdocs.com slash society. And you can find Dr. Olson at the smartweightlosscoaching.com. Because we are here making sure that all of our women helpers are healthy. Yes, we're here for you. <laughs> Thank you. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. We absolutely had a blast. We hope you did too. And we will be able to find this wonderful, wonderful episode on our Docs Who Care page. Now talk about something that's going to be launching in 54321. That's our yourcaringdocs-docs-who-care.com. It's our page that's out there. We're going to have Dr. Olson on there and her wonderful program all this wonderful podcast, you just hit the listen button and you'll be able to get right there. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review because this was just too great not to. All right. So thank you all for listening and we will check you guys out next time. Bye-bye. Yay.